0: You, you are now listening, listening to the Half a Bird Sports Show.
1: I Yo, welcome to the Half-A-Bird Sports Show. You have so many options for high-flying entertainment, yet you chose to ride with us. And we appreciate that. Your host, Jimmy, along with myself, Jay, bringing you the sports opinions you need to adopt immediately. Check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever podcasts are downloaded or listened to. So, hey, Jimmy, what's
2: on today's school lunch menu? <laughs> Can Lamar Jack really be stopped? Will the Cowboys remain at the top? how the Frozen 5 bubble get popped? why the Saints step up and get mopped? And why is Finsdale about to get dropped? Has Chase Young really hurt his draft stock? Gordon Hayward's career is on the clock. U.S. Veterans, the cream of the crop. Waka waka. Oh, welcome to the
1: Half a Bird Sports Show. Myself and Jimmy? What's up? Doing we do best, talking out the sides of our neck. Loaded show as usual. Thank you for tuning in with us. Rate us and review us. Give us five stars. If you think we don't deserve five, give us five anyway. Gift it. Um, special shout out today. It is Veterans Day, and we want to thank all the servicemen and women around the world that are currently active and as veterans themselves. Thank you so much for your service and your sacrifice. It is mm-hmm. the ultimate sacrifice to put your life on the line for your country as i have a lot of family that is uh former military we salute you so jimmy solid weekend uh
2: in some ways yes in some About ways no that. i was yeah i was very much entertained by a lot of the college football that i watched probably one of the better weekends in college football we've seen this season and as well as the NFL, but there are some other things that transpired over the weekend that I don't want to discuss any more than I have to. We'll do that later. Yeah, that's going to be definitely a topic of conversation. So we're going to jump right into
1: it. Um, it was a solid sports weekend. College football was 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 pretty good. We have some good upsets, good conversation pieces to go with that in NFL. Oh, my gosh. Why does it? LeBron, L- Lamar Jackson is I almost call him LeBron. No, LeBron he's Jackson LeBron. <laughs> it's what it feels like. Lamar is a freaking <laughs> freak of nature. And I think it's just fascinating the way that he's doing things. So of course the Ravens destroyed the Bengals. We expected it. Forty nine to thirteen. Lamar Jackson does the unthinkable, being the only the second player in NFL history to produce two perfect passer ratings. In a one season, the only other person to do it was Ben Roethlisberger, I believe, in 2007. (laughs) Of all quarterbacks. Exactly. (laughs) So, statistically, that means that he had a great game. I'm going to give you the quick line. And, Jimmy, we're going to jump into questions. He was 15 for 17, 223, three touchdowns, no picks, wasn't sacked not one time, while also carrying the ball seven times. 65 yards and a touchdown with that beautiful 70 47-yard touchdown scamper. So Jimmy,
2: is Lamar Jackson the most exciting player you've ever seen? I don't know if he's the most exciting player I've seen. I think that Michael Vick, I would probably put ahead of him in terms of the most exciting player that I've seen, but I guess what I will say for Lamar Jackson is that I'm pretty convinced now, especially after that victory against New England, that he's not they're not going to be able to stop him this season. There's not enough time to figure out what they're doing, how he's doing it, and enough time to be able to stop it or slow him down. doesn't mean that they're going to get through the AFC or get to a Super Bowl and win. They very well might, but right now he is unstoppable. There is nothing that anybody can do except the best you can and pray that he makes a mistake for the rest of the season. After watching this game and the last game, I'm pretty much convinced that he – That he is unstoppable. He's the most exciting player I've seen this season. Yes. No. And I agree with that.
1: Michael Vick is probably the most exciting at the current moment. Mm -hmm. I feel like Lamar Jackson is going to definitely surpass the game that Vick had. And this is the reason why I say that. Vick was more dynamic because of his ability to move and run and outrun everybody. Mm -hmm. And he had that rocket left arm. Lamar Jackson isn't as fast as Michael Vick but he's doing things more amazing than Vic with his agility his his movements laterally his ability to make people miss him that, to me, is a little bit more dynamic than just
2: out fronting the entire competition. But I think, though, at the same time, in comparison to Michael Vick, that he is a better passer than Michael Vick ever was. And part of the reason why is because he was, at this age, a much more m- mature quarterback than Michael Vick ever was. Because I've heard interviews from Michael Vick where he talked about how he wishes he would have paid more attention to film study and yeah. his playbook early on in his career. Because if he had, he would have been an even more dynamic quarterback than he already was. And if you'll notice, over this offseason, that's what I think has been one of the biggest contributing factors to Lamar Jackson. It's not the 10 pounds that he's put on of muscle, which is good, which was helpful, and um, you know some other things that he's done. It's his ability to sort of lock himself into the film room and study what's going on. And it's come out in his passing. He is a I won't say he's as deadly of a passer right now as he is a runner, but teams, they they can't defend him because they have to respect his pass game so much as well as fear his run game, and that only comes about by film study and breaking down the intricacies of the playbook, which clearly he has. So if you put those two things together, he might already be a better quarterback than Michael Vick ever was.
1: Right, and Lamar did the one thing that I believe a lot of players do is he took the criticisms about him. He used it as fuel and did the complete opposite of what we have expected him to do. He actually, like you said, he studies the game film. He understands defense. Him and Deshaun Watson at the young quarterback spot, I feel like are the most, I think they have the highest football IQ when it comes to breaking down defenses of most. The only reason why I say that is because he's picking apart defenses and he's supposedly a very limited thrower. And to be as limited as they say he is, after what he did against San Diego, and I'm sorry, Los Angeles Chargers in the playoffs <laughs> last year, that told me that he is a capable passer because they decided to actually throw the ball. And I think John Harba- Harbaugh, which I think he's a great coach, he recognized the same thing and said, you know what? He really can throw. His strongest asset is his feet, but he's better thrower than we expected. Let's get him in the film room teach him the defensive sets to look out for and let him break that down. And he's starting to show that because mm-hmm. he's now a, I guess you could say, he's more of a, he's kind of a gym rat. He's a film junkie.
2: See, that's funny that we're talking about his throwing because, I mean, he threw for what, three, 4,000 yards when he was at Louisville. Yes. So we've known that he can throw the ball. But what I think has happened is he's become such a dangerous runner that I think his running is what actually sets up his passing. Yeah. Because you have to, you have to have a spy on him at all times, maybe even load the box either for him or for Ingram, who's also having a Pro Bowl season and then that just opens up lanes, creates one-on-one coverages for his fast receivers like Hollywood Brown and for his tight end, Mark Andrews. And he's able to pick apart defenses that way because his feet have set it up as such to where he can do that. No, I agree. And that's
1: the best part about Lamar Jackson is his ability to use his run, running in his legs to open up the game for everybody else. Like it literally, like you said, it's opening up for Ingram, the receivers. And this is the thing that's impressed me the most about Lamar is he's actually – throwing the ball in tighter spaces than anybody ever imagined he was going to be able to. I mean, everybody said that he needed to be a receiver because they didn't feel like he could do the thing that one – the one thing NFL quarterbacks have to do, which is throw players open instead of throwing two open players, Mm -hmm. and that's exactly what he's doing. The, the Ravens did a phenomenal job of putting around him fast receivers that he could just launch it up to. And at the same time, tight ends that are ready to catch those really tight passes. And Lamar's put it in places that I honestly didn't think he was able to do yet, even though he put up 4,000 yards passing at Louisville, I didn't think that he had the mechanics to just really get that that, that Michael Vick pinpoint accuracy on passes mm-hmm. in spaces to where only his receiver can catch it. And by God, he's doing that right now. So mm-hmm. he's having a great year. And I'm, I'm looking forward to the rest of the season, even though, yes, this was the Bengals. He got both his perfect records against the right. Bengals and the Dolphins. That doesn't nullify the fact that he was able to eat up the Patriots. And at the same time, he was able he's able to do this against defensive minds because the one thing that I've we've all said and we all know is known is all you gotta do is give coaches, defensive coordinators about a year of game film mm-hmm. and they'll be able to pick apart all the things, your weaknesses and, and expose them. And I think the problem that these coaches are running into is they can't find his weaknesses. No, they don't have the time.
2: They have to study, they have to get ready for their next team. They don't have time to break down why Lamar Jackson is so dangerous. In the off season they will, but for right now, they're at his mercy. That's Sorry. the problem. They did it last year, and they couldn't. Yeah, the same, <laughs> the same teams were you know, facing Patrick Mahomes last year. There's nothing you can do right
1: now. The, the, nothing you do. Just, just keep going and, yep. and hope that he slows down a little bit. So, exactly. um, speaking of dynamicness, this is something. Dynamicness, like this is a word. <laughs> a word. It know, could, if a enough word. people say it, it becomes a word. It becomes a word. That's how it works. Something that was dynamic that I did not expect to happen was this Louisville. I mean, this LSU-Alabama uh, game. I know you watched it. I did. I watched all of it while writing up. From uh, Dallas, I spent the weekend down there watching uh, my little, little brother play basketball. Shout out to Shaari Seals. He was out there doing his thing. Pretty excited to see him uh, grow as a senior down in Frisco. But anyway, LSU, Bama. That was game of the year. So, Jimmy, now that we know, see that LSU won this shootout. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out how this shootout works.
2: Um, and Bama loses. Do you think is going to make the playoffs? Absolutely. I do think they're going to make the playoffs, especially with Penn State losing. Um, I think they are. I mean, they've been the darling of the college football playoff. They have been sort of the face of college football. So, yeah, so the committee, when these rankings comes out tomorrow, they will be strategically placed to where it respects the fact that they lost, but it respects – their brand, who they are, and that they've been in and out of these championship games over the last few years and even longer. So, yeah, they'll be in a perfect position to make it to the playoff with, when the rest of the season plays out. So the Crimson Tide fans have absolutely nothing to worry about.
1: I don't think so. Don't I, think I'm the so? kid opposite. I think okay. that Bama is not going to make it this year, and this is why they got Auburn later in the season. and Auburn's a capable opponent to really give them fits, because defensively, Auburn is really good, and that's the thing that LSU did. They just gave Tua fits. Now, early, Tua was able to start picking them apart. They made a quick drive immediately to go score, and then all of a sudden, LSU started taking over. And I don't think Tua was going to be healthy through the rest of the season. And as much as Nick Saban does a really good job of getting back quarterbacks, Mac Jones ain't it. That's just the word for it. So I think that Bama may not make the playoff because they may end up getting a second loss, which is unheard of mm-hmm. for Nick Saban's run. But this might be it, and it's kind of the situation of you probably should have kept Jalen Hurts.
2: Okay, where is that game? The Iron Bowl. I think it's, I
1: think the Iron Bowl is in um, Auburn this year, it's but I Auburn? will verify. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, so that's I mean, that's, that's highly possible. That is definitely possible. I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, you know, the the committee they play favorites. They do, of course. So I think that that's going to be part of what they're going to do. And I think that uh, as we get closer to the Iron Bowl, we'll discuss it more and more. It's at Auburn. It's at Auburn. Yep, it's at Auburn. And that's the one
1: thing I fear. So this loss was uh, Alabama's first loss in 31 straight home games. Mm -hmm. They don't lose at home. Right. They lost at home. And that, to me, makes them look vulnerable. They're traveling to Mississippi State. They got Western Carolina, who I don't even know if they even have a real football team. Um and then they travel to play Auburn in the Iron Bowl, who's currently number 11, mm-hmm. that could be a problem for
2: them. But they have that young quarterback, Bo Nix, um, who I think is is good. He's, you see the flashes of his talent and how good he's going to be, but I think he's going to be the difference, just like in this game. The, and just like I said on my solo show, the difference is going to come down to Tua versus Burrow, who plays the better game. And it's obviously who played the better game, and that is just enough of what LSU needed in order to win this game.
1: That's true, but remember – Auburn barely lost to LSU when they played them 23-20. Mm-hmm. Like, they held yeah. them defensively. They're a really good football team. Don't get me, so me wrong. That's, th- that's why I don't want to underestimate who they are. But at the same yeah. time, I also don't want to do, be hyperbolic and put out that – I'm sorry, hyperbole and make people believe that, oh,
2: my God, Alabama's over. So my next question is, do you think LSU's for real? I think they are definitely for real, and kind of for the same reason that we talked about uh, Lamar Jackson in the sense of what it is that they're doing this year, something that they really haven't done in a very, very long time, which is to have an offense this potent. I don't think that teams are going to be able to figure out what it is they're doing and be able to stop them. As a matter of fact, what's can you see what the rest of their schedule looks like up until the SEC championship, uh, presumably? LSU? Yeah. Let me see.
1: LSU has coming up. Give me a quick second. Should I already have that pulled. Because you would think the SEC championship would be against. Uh, is they travel. Georgia, <laughs> they travel to Mississippi. They win. Play a coachless Arkansas at win. home, and then they got a And M coming to their house. Win.
2: So the SEC championship presumably against Georgia. I would suspect
1: Georgia. Well, yeah. it depends. Auburn's win. Oh, okay, Georgia undefeated. or Auburn. Georgia, Auburn, or Alabama. Okay. Well, no, 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 because. They're but, only, they're on the same yeah, side, I'm right? Sorry, sorry. Remember? Yeah, Georgia or uh, yeah, Georgia or what? Uh, Auburn, I think. I guess. Is that who it would be? Mm-hmm. Let me look. Let me let me verify real quick. Cool, cool. My but apologies. either way, to answer anyway, your question, yeah, they're definitely for real. Okay. Um, Ooh, that's 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 tough for me to mm-hmm. believe that, but you you might be right. You so LSU's for real. I I think they are okay so either between it'll be between Georgia and Florida I'm sorry I forgot auburn Alabama and uh um, yes and lSU are all on the same side um yeah Georgia or Florida is gonna be one of those two teams even though honestly which is kind of scary is well Tennessee can't do it but Tennessee is like three and three in conference and if they went out their conference they could potentially go to the conference championship if Georgia loses two more games that's weird to me but anyway Georgia or Florida and I think that auburn plays georgia coming up so that may help them so anyway other things that helps us around here on the half a bird support show is the news
0: and now jimmy has the news
2: thank you wendy uh also going back to my solo um i talked about cam newton and him potentially being traded, let go, and being free to sign with such teams as the Bears, Buccaneers, Broncos, or Titans? Well, Ian Rappaport of NFL Network confirmed that Newton's contract makes him trade friendly with Chicago as a destination that he would be definitely open to. So when I laid it out, Jay, Bears, Bucks, Broncos, and Titans, if you were Cam Newton, who would you want to play for next season? Based upon
1: your solo show, I agree. I'm Tampa Bay. Go play for Bruce Arians. They've already got a team that's built solid defensively. They've got some running backs who are finally starting to show up, but they have the best receivers out of all options. I mean, with Mike Evans and Godwin, go O.J. Howard, go to Tampa
2: Bay if you can. That's the team. Yep. Uh, I agree completely, as you know. All right, up next, Gordon Hayward, unfortunately Celtics fans, is suffering from a broken left hand, which was operated on today. And his timetable for a return will be released at some point over the next week uh, based on the success of the surgery. Um, so when you look at Gordon Hayward, you compare him to other stars like a Grand Hill, several others. Will this be another promising career derailed by freakish injuries? Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't see Gordon coming back
1: the same after this injury. I mean, back-to-back injuries roughly. He's basically going into rehab for four straight years similar to the way that uh, Andrew Luck did. Now, it's not as excruciating, probably, with the hand, but at the same time, it kind of derails your opportunity to even have time to rest because you got to go to rehab every day. Mm-hmm.
2: I see this as two strikes against him. I'm going to give him one more strike, one more freakish injury like this that keeps him out for substantial time. And if that happens, then I think it pretty much will be one of those types of careers that is derailed by a freakish injury. What, was Tracy McGrady kind of along the same lines as someone who could have been so much greater? Him and Grant Hill. Him and, yeah, Grant Hill especially. He's the poster child for that. Exactly. Which a huge Grand Hill fan. Up next, uh, after placing all-pro left tackle Trent Williams on the non-football injury list, your Washington Redskins have elected not to pay him his remaining $5.1 million base salary for the 2019 season. So, Jay, is this a good business decision or just grimy as hell? It's grimy.
1: It's 100% Dan Snyder, used car salesman, bad Family owned business who doesn't pay their bills or their contractors. It sounds like somebody that I know, but that's who they are. He's,
2: he's, he's, he's pretty snakish. That's pretty disrespectful. It's not surprising either, but you know. That's no, not surprising at all. I hope that this is the final nail in the coffin of him being finally able to move on to another team that he wants to play for. Which is, at the end of the day, sort of been the, the basis of what's been going on between him and the Redskins. He doesn't want to play for him anymore.
1: That's the pettiest thing in the world to me because their whole basis was doing this but to make him not get paid because they could have traded him a long time ago. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, typical Redskins. Is that it? All right, uh, we got time for one more? Yes, we do. We got one time one more. Okay, so big upset in college football. Minnesota, the Minnesota Golden Gophers, number 17, defeated the number four Penn State Nittany Lions, 31-26 to in Minnesota. Uh, So as a result of that, Jay, do you think that Penn State has a shot to get back in the top four? Nope, because
1: I think Minnesota's going to go undefeated. They will face Ohio State in the uh, Big Ten Championship, and then at that point will be the determining
2: factor of who goes from the Big Ten, but it won't be Penn State. So with these rankings that come out tomorrow, do you think that as a result of this, Minnesota will crack the top ten? They'll be number six, minimum. You think they'll be number six? Yes, minimum. They're undefeated. Yeah. in conference. That true. That's true. They're beating up everybody.
1: Yeah. May as well be respectful and put them where they deserve to be, which is at the top of the deal. Okay, we'll see. That's it. This is news.
2: And that was Jimmy with the news.
1: Thank you, Bob. Yeah, man. That, that, who buddy. The fact that they, yeah, they're, they're 9-0. And they're going to play Ohio State. Mm-hmm. And they don't have anybody left really <laughs> to play on the way.
2: So go ahead. All right, so up next, uh, Game of the week, uh, Sunday night football, you had the Minnesota Vikings traveling to the Dallas Cowboys, and they somehow, someway, found a way to break the Kirk Cousins' curse and defeat the Cowboys 28-24 to 24 in front of the entire world, dropping Dallas to a record of 5-4, and four, meaning they're tied with the Philadelphia Eagles for the lead in the NFC East. So let's start right there. Um, as a result of this, and... When looking at their remaining schedule, do you think that Dallas will win this division? The Cowboys? Yes. Are the Cowboys <laughs> going to win the division?
1: Man, see. I so, know. I was sold on Dallas from jump to win because I felt like the Eagles were going to struggle this year. We knew Washington was going to be down because they don't have a quarterback. And then, of course, the Cowboys started to do this stuff. I mean, they lost three straight. Then they lose this game to the Vikings. At home, prime time in a situation that Kirk Cousins has never shown himself. He's always Kurt instead of Kirk uh-huh. at this point. But their problem in that game literally was all running. So I think that the Cowboys can bounce back. I mean, they got the they're traveling to, against the Lions. They travel to New England to play the Patriots. The Bills come to the house go to the Bears, Rams come to the house, travel to Philly, and then they have Washington to close the season out. And I think that that Washington game is going to be the most important one. I think mm-hmm. if they win that game, they'll win their division. Mm-hmm. That's about it. What do you think? Do you think the Cowboys still have a chance?
2: I do. I, matter of fact, I think they will win the division. I think that they're going to top out at 10-6. and six. Uh, looking at their remaining schedule as well, I think they're definitely going to lose the game against the Patriots. And I could see them losing a game that they probably shouldn't lose either to the Rams or the second game against the Eagles. I mean, who knows what they're going to be looking like and playing like by then. So either way, they're going to finish 10-6, and six, and I think that Um, They will hold one of the tiebreakers over the Philadelphia Eagles if they do split the season series. But this is how it always works out. So, yeah, Dallas fans, Dallas is still going to win the division. It's going to be a little bit tougher. Your margin for error just got smaller, but they're still going to win the division. The strongest thing for Cowboys
1: is – is if they if they actually have a tiebreaker with the Eagles and they end up with the same record, the Cowboys right now are 4-0 in division. By being 4-0 in division, that just basically just gives them the entire there, division. There they're up. not There's no way of losing it. They only have two games left in division, and because of that, they're, they're golden as far as the division goes. Now their goal has to be is to win enough games to stay at least tied with the Eagles, if not to supersede them.
2: Mm-hmm. I agree. And you know, I want to ask you this question, too, in this game. Um... You know, Dak Prescott has had this standoff with the organization in terms of giving him a contract that both sides can agree to. So, you know, you had that fourth down play. They're in the red zone. Fourth quarter, the game comes down to this and Dak attempts to throw that out route in the flat to Ezekiel Elliott that gets knocked down by the linebacker, right? Right. So that either had to have been one of two things. Either that was a terrible play call when you have Gallup, who was eating up the secondary, and you have Cooper, who was eating up the secondary, not trying to go to one of them, or Jason Witten, Mr. Reliable, yeah. instead choosing to try to go to Ezekiel Elliott. So either that was a bad pass by Dak Prescott, or it was bad play calling by Kellen Moore, who was supposed to, who was the boy genius the first three games of the season, now he looks just like Jason Garrett. So, which of those two do you think it was? Just a bad pass, and it's Dak's fault, and this is the reason why they're not paying him, or bad play calling? I think it was bad play calling. Overall, Dak had a really
1: good game. I mean, twenty-eight for forty-six is kind of high, yeah, but he almost threw for four hundred yards, three touchdowns, eighty-seven passer rating. Dak had a really good game, and honestly, Dak has sneakily being. Is a top five quarterback this season. Like yes. as much as people want to downsize Dak and say that he isn't that good, dude's putting up putting up stupid numbers um, that you cannot question. The problem that he's running into is that his defense is not holding up. Dalvin Cook, dude, had almost two hundred yards all purpose from scrimmage. <laughs> like he just he just dipped all outside of Dalvin Cook. Kirk Cousins couldn't do a single thing in that game. And it was like I said, it's all Cook and Matson. They rushed for 153 yards, and you know, not trying to throw too many numbers out there at you all, but the biggest thing behind this is is that Cowboys defense has been giving up a lot of booty this season. <laughs> that's it. They haven't even been. It doesn't feel like they've been trying as hard as you would expect from them. So, uh, but speaking on a team that's trying too hard, dude, the Dolphins won another game. Uh oh. What are they doing? <laughs> like seriously. No, no, seriously, seriously. They are on a two-game winning streak. They beat the Jets, and they beat the Colts on the road. The Dolphins are not supposed to be winning games. They basically told us when the season started that they were going to tank by trading away all their players and getting picks. Looking at the picks that they currently have now, they've only got one pick that could possibly be in the top Mm ten out of all of them, and that's the one to the Cardinals. Luckily, the Cardinals lost to my Buccaneers, Mm -hmm. so that's the only helpful thing they have. But the rest of the players they traded off? They're getting they're winning games. And so they're not going to get the 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 type of picks that they want, but luckily in the NFL, first round picks are always valuable because there's so many positions to fill. But they're winning games. So my question to you is, Jimmy, is there a chance that Brian Flores will be fired by the end of the season if they don't end up with the top two pick?
2: Yeah, absolutely, because he's not doing the job for which he's been paid for, which is to do a terrible job. He's actually coaching them up and making them continue to want to play for him, even though, you know, they've they been designed to be a terrible football team. They had every reason to lose this game. Your starting running back, Mike Walton, who's really not that good at all, gets suspended for four games because of a litany of arrests in the off season. I don't know why they waited till now to suspend him, but anywho. Because they were starting to win games. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah William, they lose their, their best, you know, wide receiver, who's a rookie, to a torn ACL. And you have Ryan Fitzpatrick as your starting quarterback. You're on the road in Indianapolis. Who has players? Even though that, even though Jacoby Brissett's hurt, T.Y. Yep. Uh, Hilton's hurt, as always. But they just—I can't explain it. They found a way to win the game, nonetheless. <laughs> they weren't supposed you know, to. You know what? They know that they that they're supposed to lose. And I, I'm either thinking a major league or necessary roughness probably necessary roughness that college yep. football <laughs> movie where like the whole team because of academics just gets kicked off campus by the dean he wants them yep. to lose but they continue to fight hard and they actually end up winning a game a yep. major game it's yeah they know that they're designed to lose everybody wants them to lose and they're winning just to spite those people who want them to lose which is their own organization
1: That's I right. agree and, and and the problem for Flores is this is how it's going to be coded it's going to be we need to go into a different direction as we hope to make a playoff push this year we all know damn well there was zero chance that they were going to make the playoffs, so good luck, Flores, bro, you gonna need it, so we do this every week. you won last week,
2: I did almost almost went perfect
1: you almost went perfect. Yeah. You missed out, I think on one or two questions I did, I did. It
2: was one of the two, but
1: it was a great job by you, Jimmy, but we're gonna bring this back like we do every Monday. It's our seven dollar challenge jimmy's got questions
2: which let me ask you this though because you know how how it comes to
1: jay's got answers
2: yeah that was terrible uh, yeah you, did, I you should, did
1: well it's the seven
2: dollar challenge every damn time somebody tell me about that if that gets me every time like, <laughs> it really does okay <laughs> all right so this week's seven dollar challenge is going to be brought to you by uh red duck foods of portland oregon an organic sauce and organic condiments company known for having the best duck sauce this side of detroit Alright, so this week's $7 challenge <laughs> is going to be based around the Atlanta Falcons, who we did not have a discussion about, but they beat the dog-ish out of the New Orleans Saints, who was supposed to be one of the best teams in the NFC, beat them by double digits as a double-digit dog in that game on their own home field, 23-9. to So today we're going to go deeper into the history of the Atlanta Falcons organization, especially because we have a lot of listeners in the Atlanta area. Thanks to WMQG radio Tuesdays and Saturdays at noon Eastern. So you ready? Let's go. All right. Number one, who is the Atlanta Falcons mascot? Is it Freddie Falcon, old dirty bird, or the Falconer? Uh, What was it? Say those again. Freddie Falcon, old dirty bird, the Falconer. The Falconer. Incorrect. Is it Old Dirty Bird? Freddie Falcon. So it was Freddie Falcon. It was Falcon. <laughs> so obvious. Continue. <laughs> All right, number two. The franchise officially began in what year? God, I hate you. 1965, 1972, or 1977? 72. Incorrect. 65. Okay. All right, number three. What was... What, <laughs> What was the nickname of the Falcons' defense in 1977? Was it the Birdman? Southern Fried Groove or Gritz Blitz? Gritz Blitz. Correct. I never heard of that before, to be honest with you. Neither did I. All right, good job. Number four. The Falcons have been in the NFC South division since 2002. Yep. Before that, what division were they in from 1970 to 2001? Was it the AFC East, the NFC West, or the NFC North? It's a head-scratcher, isn't it? NFC North. Incorrect. AFC East? NFC West. It was was in the West. Mm -hmm. Okay. Continue. All right. Number five. Who is the general manager of the franchise? Is it Thomas Dimitroff, Arthur Blank, or Jerry Glanville? Glanville. Incorrect. Thomas Dimitroff. Oh, okay. Yeah. Number six. Matt Ryan is tied with one other quarterback for most touchdown passes in a game in franchise history with five. Who is the other quarterback to have done this? Is it Wade Wilson, Michael Vick, or Chris Chandler? Oh, shit. I thought it was. Never mind.
1: Chris Chandler. Incorrect. I know it ain't Vick. Wade Wilson. Wade. That's why you were laughing because of Wade. That's Will. exactly right. I did not know he had a quarterback named Wade Wilson. <laughs> What's didn't. number seven? 1992. We go to this last one so I can go one in six.
2: Who holds the single game rushing record for the franchise? Is it Devontae Freeman, Jamal Anderson, or Michael Turner? It's gotta be Jamal Anderson. Or is it Michael? No, it's Michael Turner. It's Michael Turner. It's Michael Turner. Correct. Is it Michael Correct. Turner? Michael Turner. That's what I thought. 220 yards, September 7, 2008. I remember that. Okay. No, I don't. So, two and five. That makes this a god awful challenge. Yeah, it was
1: god awful. I don't even know why I even did it. It was actually fun to write. I bet it was because you would like to be disrespectful. You're that guy.
2: <laughs> you know, I thought there were several of those I thought that you would definitely get, but sometimes it's how the challenge goes. Sometimes things don't turn out the way we expect them to, such as my Frozen 5 recap will demonstrate. Oh, yeah. We will talk about that definitely in a moment. So we're going to go right into um,
1: our rapid-fire segment. First off, two players in college seem to be hit with some ineligibilities, which is really weird to me. We have Chase Young with the uh, Ohio State Buckeyes defensive end, who is a projected top three pick in the draft, if not number one overall. Right. He was hit with ineligibility – Uh, for the Maryland game because of a loan that he took from a family friend to pay for expenses that he paid back to them. Uh, So, Jimmy, do you believe that this loan situation is going to cost him a draft spot?
2: A draft spot? No. Potentially the rest of the regular season and maybe even the college football playoffs, should they remain in it? Yes. Um, His draft stock, his his. Him on film and his statistics for one of the top three brands in college football is going to get him, you know, top three easy, as you said, probably even top two, depending upon who's picking. Uh, So, no, it's definitely not going to hurt his draft stock. As a matter of fact, it might even help him because if he's suspended for the rest of the season, let's say, then he can get an early. An early start on his workouts and his preparation for the NFL draft. Uh, probably won't even participate in the combine because he doesn't need to. He doesn't have to, and get ready to get drafted next April. Can he just go ahead and do what Nick Bozak did and just sit out for the rest of the year? What I mean, you're you're a guaranteed
1: top two pick. So what's the point of going back to play when Ohio State actually don't need you?
2: Well, see, here's the thing. I mean, that's true. They don't need you, but I mean, when it comes to that sort of thing, because Christian McCaffrey did the exact same thing. Well, I Christian think that set out just the whole game. I think, yeah, okay, but I think that. If you have a chance to compete for a championship, then if I'm a college football player, I'm, I am would still play. But if my team really doesn't have a chance to compete for the championship, the bowl game, it, I hate bowl games anyway. So then especially if I'm one of those top draft picks, I'm not going to play in the bowl game. So, no. But they have a chance to, a legitimate chance to win the college football playoff. People are already calling them the best team in college football week in and week out. Okay. Okay. The next player was James
1: Wiseman at Memphis underneath Penny Hardaway. Yeah, what? Explain this. What happened to this? So what happened with that was is before Penny became head coach at Memphis, he gave him and his family $11,000 to move to the Memphis area. Mm -hmm. And then Penny became head coach of uh, University of Memphis, and then Wiseman became his top recruit. The NCAA is saying that he's completely ineligible because of that. And I think Hardaway mentioned something like that in his presser. But then they sued his Wiseman's attorney. They sued the NCAA and the judge blocked the ruling initially mm-hmm. pending investigation. So now he's playing. So to me, my question was going to be, I've, it seems like they're going after Penny more than they really are this player because Penny has shaken up this team to where they legitimately are a national championship contender. So it's a, it's a case of benefit. Why? What's the issue with players receiving benefits from friends? Even though – because they, they basically labeled Hardaway as a booster before he went to the school. So I don't know. I don't know what to really ask on now. To me, I feel like they're going to have to be – do you think that they're going after Hardaway because he's shaking up NCAA with all
2: of his five-star recruits? In the sense of they're going after him harder as kind of like a personal vendetta for these reasons? Yes. Um, They're in a position to do that. I could definitely see them doing that. I don't know – I don't understand exactly their rationale fully, even though you just explained it there's still parts of it that don't quite make sense to me in terms of their perspective towards it. So I can't – without even understanding their true rationale for this, it's hard for me to understand what their motives are in doing this and doing this now.
1: We'll keep a close eye on it. It's something to investigate. So we'll keep a close eye and we'll talk about it more. But
2: Because I, gotta, cause I know, you know one of the things that you've been on is um, paying college players. Yes. So let's say that um, college players are able to be paid, let's say, in a way that, that you have wanted them to be paid that you think makes sense and that's fair for everybody. When it comes to things like this, like as far as labeling Penny Hardaway a booster and the Chase Young thing, do those types of things no longer become infractions against the NCAA if it's an NCAA landscape where payers are being played? Yes, that stuff is out the door. And the thing okay. with Chase Young was it was for
1: living expenses to survive as a human being he was struggling with. Um, Wiseman's situation is a little different. He was His family was moving because he was going to go play there. So it's a little different,
2: but – I don't know. I don't think it's that big of a deal. So Okay.
1: All right. Next up, Jamie's Frozen. For... Let's go ahead and go quickly through yeah, this one. Yeah, Frozen crap and...
2: recap. All right, here we go. Um, Lions at Bears, Lions plus two and a half. Uh, when it was announced Sunday morning that Matthew Stafford was not going to play, I knew the bet was over. And they're being investigated by the NFL, the Detroit Lions, in terms of how they reported this injury. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, so that, that's kind of interesting. But um, those things happen. So I wasn't too upset about that one. What I was pissed off about is the Chiefs at the Titans, Chiefs minus three. They had the cover in hand, fourth quarter, late, and then they decided to just decide not for once in the game to stop Derrick Henry Or Ryan Tannehill, who I think the go-ahead touchdown was a Tannehill pass, right? Yep. But it was Derrick Henry's legs that got him down there. And this is the reason why the Chiefs aren't going to win the Super Bowl. Because, yes, you have Patrick Mahomes, but your run defense is able to be barreled through by a multitude of running backs. And that's why we lost that bet. Really pissed me off. Up next, and this pissed me off too... As we already talked about, Vikings and Cowboys. Cowboys minus three at home. Sunday Night Football, they lose 28-23 to because they couldn't stop the run either. The Vikings offensive line and both running backs for the Vikings pushed around the Dallas Cowboys defense. And if you can't play run defense, you can't make it through the playoffs either. So I'm sorry, Cowboys fans. Your team probably is going to win the division, but that's about the biggest accomplishment they're going to have this season because they cannot stop the run, and they didn't yesterday because there are better running games out there in total, or better offensive lines, I'll say, than the Vikings. So if they can't stop the Vikings, they can't stop them either. Thank you, Cowboys. I hate you. Up next, the only winner I have so far, Ravens at Bengals. Bengals uh, Ravens minus 10. Point favorite. They win 49-13. to Lamar Jackson, perfect passer rating. Second time this season. Uh, this bet was easy to see. As I said, the Bengals have nothing. They've got nothing, and they will be nothing for the rest of the season, unfortunately, because they got some good players, but the season's over. So... That was pretty easy to see, and I have the Seahawks plus 6.5 at San Francisco, which is about to kick off, so hopefully Russell Wilson can lose this game by less than a touchdown because he's got the quarterback acumen and the offensive players to do it, but with the way things went this weekend, they will probably get blown out. Yep, there you go. Awesome. All right, all right. What's next up? All right, so up next, uh, now this really surprised me. Um, The Knicks and David Fisdale, I don't know if you knew this or not, Jay, but did you know that the Knicks president is angling to fire David Fisdale uh, this season already? Yes, they're at the bottom of the Eastern Conference. They've started 2-8. and eight. And the reason why, and they have cited this, they have been actually very vocal about this in the news the last couple of days, and the president cites this. He says that uh, the Knicks struggles aren't born out of an overmatched roster, but the lack of a consistent level of effort, and execution. I mean, which is basically code for saying the coach is... Not coaching. Is not coaching. Is terrible at his job and probably shouldn't have been hired in the first place. Um, not that anybody really expected the Knicks to be too much better than what they are at right now with the roster that they have. But why do they... Why are they putting this out in the news? Why do they want to do this right now? Well, they got to scapegoat
1: somebody, and they're really going to scapegoat Fitzdale specifically because they couldn't get a single free agent, a uh, well, marquee free agent, to come to their t- city. And it was mentioned perfectly by Kevin Durant and kind of Kyrie Irving in a way that nobody knows who the Knicks are this in this era. Unless you were born in the mid '90s, you have no clue how good the Knicks used to be. He's right. They haven't been any good since 2000, and most of the players come into the league today. We're born around that time.
2: So it's almost like they're like the Clippers of this generation, the way we remember the Clippers yes. to be terrible year after year. Now they're the, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> they're the millennial Clippers.
1: Yes, and all they need to do is have injuries,
2: and they could be just as cursed as they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which, which they're already load managing R.J. Barrett, so that's probably on the horizon.
1: Exactly, and and I know that the the the, the Knicks brass had issues with the way that he was utilizing R.J. Barrett and
2: over-utilizing, basically, and mm-hmm. now we're at this point, so... Yeah. I mean, but if you're the Knicks, what's the better option than Dave Fisdale? I mean, players love Dave Fisdale. Yep. Okay. I mean, yes, they're struggling, but what's the better option if you get rid of him? Like, uh, who is out there? Who w- wants to go there? Nobody. Exactly. So that's 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 your boy. It's funny. The, the only Knicks. thing that's saving Fisdale's job right now is James Dolan. I know that's so, that's how so weird. To, how do you go to bed at night knowing that?
1: That's so weird. Yeah. I'm, I'd be terrified. I'd actually call my wife and say, can we just move? <laughs>
2: <laughs> like I've updated my resume already got boxes yeah. exactly so anyway
1: oh jimmy mm. story of the week <laughs> we'll call it story of the week because it's probably the funniest thing i have heard in a while and it also makes begs a lot of questions so you heard about uh Dion waiters not playing in the game when the the heat played against the lakers mm-hmm. and there was a specific reason um they said he had a panic attack The reason why he had a panic attack is that he took an edible, edible, you know, you know what an edible is, Mm -hmm. on their flight from Phoenix to Los Angeles, freaked out and couldn't play in the game. Because of that, the Heat decided to suspend him for 10 games Mm -hmm. for taking an edible and having a panic attack. Jimmy, what is the silliest thing you've ever heard somebody not making it to work
2: for? Or is that it? I mean, just with people that I've known or in sports in general most ridiculous reason not to make it to work uh damn that is a good I'm gonna have to think about that but for right now this is the silliest thing I've heard in sports I'm trying to figure out where the panic attack came from because to my knowledge edibles don't make you do that now I've never just full disclosure to the audience I've never tried illegal per se quote-unquote drugs before. Okay. So I don't have firsthand knowledge of what edibles are or aren't supposed to do to you, but I've never heard anyone say that they freaked out like that after having taken an edible or edibles. So from your experience, whatever your experience may be, is this a common reaction to edibles?
1: Depends on the person. Depends on the person and depends on the potency that you deal with. I mean, i you know, I've did a little bit when I was in college mm-hmm. back in the former life and, and it just, it all depends on how much you do, and the type you have, I mean, somebody can slip you a Mickey, you can really freak out and crawl around and do all kinds of crazy stuff. But, but for the stories that we got from this dude having panic, the way he panicked, they said, I don't know. Like, he had a reaction to a gummy.
2: So, like, why would he panic? Like, okay, so yeah, he was high, and then they hit some turbulence, and he started. He just went. So, uh, what was he panicking about? That's what I don't. I don't understand. I mean, you don't panic just to panic. Like something happened.
1: Yeah. Something had to have happened on the flight. And it might've been, it might have been some sort of, um, yeah, it might've been some sort of re reaction to turbulence or something. You might've got terrified and thought they were all going to die and was climbing all over stuff. I mean, it sounds like something out of a movie. Right. It doesn't sound like something that will really happen. And I'm thinking about, I don't know. I've never, I don't even know if I had work, any job I've had that's come to work in such a way, the way they freaked out. Mm -hmm. at work like spiders are crawling on them or something and you know it it sounds like something out of a
2: movie see one thing i was wondering is okay you know obviously they sat down the organization and they said okay we're gonna give him a 10 game suspension maybe they floated around Is five games appropriate 10 15 20 whatever but i think that because this is such a, a stupid black eye on the franchise that they suspended him 10 games in order to give themselves time to figure out how to move him. Because how can you have him in a Miami Heat uniform after this fiasco has, you know, has hurt what has otherwise been a pretty positive season thus far? Yeah. How do you, how do you bring him back?
1: I I agree. Yeah, you can. I mean, but it also feels like Deion Waiters has been trying to find a way to get out of Miami anyway, since he's kind of been there. I mean, he was suspended for the season opener for a conduct detrimental to the team after he expressed his frustrations about his role on social media. He was talking about his role there. Um, he's been only active for two of their nine games thus far. He hasn't dressed or sat on the bench for a single game. So to me, why do they still have him? Exactly. I mean, he's missed time during the preseason for personal reason. He. He really hasn't been there. And to be honest, their best deal with him is to dump him with another young asset, send him to Oklahoma City, and get Chris Paul. Oh, we've had, Yeah, he was
2: good here. He was good he here. Was, he was a good solid player here. He was a
1: he good solid player here. He liked it here. He kind of wanted to stay. But with the with the Kevin Durant situation and figuring out his contract, they couldn't offer him anything yet.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Why don't they just package him up and send him here? His contract matches up. If they add a young player with them in a draft pick, that's your best bet, and you can get a player that's going to produce for you. What's taking so long? Mm-hmm. We they, they knew Deion Waiters didn't want to be there as soon as they signed Jimmy Butler. That's that, and that was the one thing I was curious about is seeing how those personalities were going to be when they collided <laughs> on the court. And unfortunately, we're not going to see any of it because Deion Waiters being suspended ten games, he'll be shipped out as soon as that tenth tenth game sus- of the suspension is completed. That's so, exactly what I'm predicting. Exactly, he he's done so. Jimmy, final
0: thoughts?
2: (laughs) All right, final thought. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to – there was a championship game played in a uh, major American sport that nobody talks about, nobody cares about except me, and that is the MLS Cup. Uh, My Seattle Sounders won the MLS Cup for the second time in four seasons, beating Toronto FC, who was the champion in 2017, by a score of three to one. So congratulations to uh, Seattle, to the city of Seattle, the team, the organization, uh, everyone there. Uh, The season started out rough. But it got better and better as, as the time went along. And I remember I wore my Seattle Sounders T-shirt when we were in Vegas this past March. And people kept asking me, is that a minor league team in Seattle? So nobody knows who they are. Yeah, that is Which, true. Yeah, huge, I remember that. Yeah, a huge part of the reason why nobody knew that this championship was won. And I think this is good for Seattle. Um, you know, you got a lot to feel good about Seattle Seahawks. But, uh, you know. Anytime you can win a championship in a sport, it's a great thing. So, congratulations, Seattle Sounders.
1: Seattle Sounders. Okay. So, um, I want to give my final thoughts as a special shout-out to Lovey Smith and the Illinois Fighting Illini. Lovey and his boys won last week to the shock of, I don't think just me, I think to actually everybody. But um, they pulled off a victory. Who did they beat last week? They beat up on Michigan State, which was really weird to me. They won 37-34 coming back from a 21-point deficit in the fourth 20-point deficit in the fourth quarter to actually win that game on the last play with 5 seconds left, giving Illinois a record of 6 and 4. And what that means for them is they're going bowling. They're going to a bowl game now. They are bowl eligible. So all they got to do is beat either um, Iowa or Northwestern and they're headed bowling. So congratulations, Lovey Smith. Congratulations to the Illini. Long time coming. I'm glad you guys are able to be productive. So we appreciate y'all joining us as usual here on the Half a Bird Sports Show. Check us out on all platforms, wherever podcasts are downloaded and listened to. Rate us, review us, give us five stars. If you don't think you deserve five, give us five anyway. it. So for Bob, Mike, Wendy, thank you so much for helping us out. And for my co-host, Jimmy, my solo show will be coming this week. I'll be talking about a lot of stuff, NFL and NBA related. And I might even go back into talking about paying players. Nah, I'm kidding. But uh, check me out. It'll be out on WMQGRadio.com Friday and Saturday at noon Eastern. Um, that's the Half and Burst Sports Show.
2: Peace